On today's episode of the podcast, I share everything I do for my health and well-being in my day-to-day. I talk about everything from the food that's on my plate to the supplements I take, the herbs that I enjoy in my day-to-day, how I approach hydration, and that health and well-being actually is so much more than just what we eat and what we drink. So I talk about free and really easily accessible practices that you can adopt at any time to help you feel better inside and out. It was a really fun episode to record, and I so hope it serves you well. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's jump in. All right, my village, my people, my friends, hello, hello, hello. I'm in Sweden again, sitting in my little podcast corner and just so excited to talk to you today. Hi, hello. I got to give a little, paint a little word picture of what's happening (laughs) because my voice might sound a little bit strange. And that is because this morning, I just, I don't know why, but I suddenly, I spotted my favorite pair of jeans that I've had for many years, my pre-pregnancy jeans, obviously. I did not buy any jeans in pregnancy. My favorite pair of pre-pregnancy jeans. And I was like, maybe today is the day. It's been eight months since I gave gave birth. Um, As you probably can tell, I have not really been on that hamster wheel of let's lose a bunch of weight, let's look a certain way, let's get back to what was before. I've just not had a single thought in that area of life at all. And postpartum, I've just been hyper-focused on nourishing myself and eating enough and eating more than I did pre-pregnancy, to be honest. I'm just um, just very aware of how many calories we need to eat in a day when we're breastfeeding. And I've just been just been really enjoying this postpartum time. 
And I was getting dressed after my yoga practice today and I just spotted those jeans and I was like, huh, interesting. And decided for the first time since, you know, before pregnancy to try to put them on and I could zip them up and button that button. And I'm sitting here now <laughs> having a slight, slight hard time breathing. <laughs> and I just walk downstairs. Dennis is like, hey, you look different. Something's new. I'm like, is it the pre-pregnancy genes glow? <laughs> because I feel so accomplished that I was able to squeeze into these jeans. He's like, yeah. Oh, I miss those jeans. That you look really good. I'm like, yeah. I, I feel I don't feel so good though. <laughs> so um, let me just take a moment here so that I can actually record and just. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> Does any, I don't know if there's other, other podcasters out there that, that, that do this. Am I sharing too much information with you? I, I don't know. I hope not. Oh, that was like a big breath. <laughs> Honestly, this whole, this whole, like, look the way you did before you grew and birthed a baby. I am just, I mean, from the beginning, I've been really over it. I, I honestly, I haven't even had these conversations really with with anybody. I mean, with Dennis sometimes, especially when I've kind of walked into my closet and I feel like, oh, there's nothing for me to wear. Like that feeling hasn't been so fun. I also haven't wanted to buy a whole new wardrobe for myself for the season of life where like I don't really know where my body is going to settle, right? I know it's not going to be exactly the way it was before because that's just not real, and I am different. Everything about me is different after this pregnancy and this birth. So this idea that we just snap back to something and pretend like we didn't go through this huge overhauling thing. It's just not where I want to hang out, you know, so I haven't I haven't even had those conversations really. But I have been, you know, wearing my yoga pants and my sweatpants and my like nursing friendly shirts and whatever. I just I haven't, you know, I haven't really felt my sexiest self either. And I think about my sexiest self, like who's who is she? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been in that mindset for a long time either. But um, yeah, there's something about like, okay, maybe, you know, I mean, it took me eight months to be able to zip those pants back up. So many women out there would think, might think that that's crazy. And, you know, is, aren't you supposed to like six weeks postpartum get back on the treadmill and like lose that baby weight? To me, that's just so bizarre and actually just the opposite of health and the opposite of well-being. And I feel really proud about this postpartum time that I've had so far that I haven't been beating myself up in any way. I haven't forced myself to go down a road that doesn't feel in alignment with what I want to be doing with my time. I haven't been in that critical mindset where I just talk negatively to myself or where I feel like I'm not enough or, you know, I've just... I've just been taking it really easy and it's been so good. But yet, yes, I felt very excited that I can wear these jeans again because they're my favorite pair of jeans. Granted, I'm not going to be wearing them outside the house anytime soon because they obviously don't fit. <laughs> just because you can zip something up and like close the button doesn't mean they fit. Doesn't mean you should like <laughs> leave your house feeling like you can't breathe in immense discomfort. I mean, at least I could never do that. These jeans are going to officially fit me when I can sit down in them <laughs> and 
and not worry that the button is going to pop off and murder somebody because that's what it felt like. But yeah, I feel just so excited to yeah start this conversation like this because today I'm going to share with you the things I do in my day-to-day for my well-being. The things that I return to over and over, the things that I have really anchored into, not as a fad or because it's trendy or because this is what people are doing out there, things that I really committed to over the past few years since changing my my self-care practices in so many ways, overhauling my diet completely, leaving veganism behind. You know, it's been, this is going to be the third year since I I'm coming up close now to my third year anniversary of having my first egg, which was this big marker, this big milestone for me of just beginning to leave veganism behind. It would still take a year from having that first egg to actually fully settling into, okay, I'm not going to be vegan again. It was a really long, slow, difficult, heartbreaking, painful process um, as anyone who has left Uh, has left a personality of being vegan behind. Because for me, veganism was more than a diet. It was really who I thought I was. So yeah, my three-year anniversary of eating that first egg and starting to reclaim my health, that feels like a big deal. It is a big deal. If I look back at my life before, and of course there's, you know, three years ago, eating my first egg, leaving veganism, beginning the journey of leaving veganism behind, But before that, dealing with mold, which is, you know, a a process of I spent, I think, a year actively detoxing from mold illness. Before that, just having many years, you know, consecutively of just being really unwell, feeling really unwell, being sick, being kind of malnourished in in many ways, um, being burnt out, you know, living a really hectic, stressful lifestyle. So much has shifted. And then in the middle of that, or sort of at the end of that, going through pregnancy again and being postpartum again, which is a whole new set of needs, right, for your body. And I don't know if it was putting on those jeans or the fact that I just, we're back home from Spain now. And in Spain, we've had such a good time and we've had so much amazing food. I decided for this trip that I was bringing only the essentials when it comes to supplements and things that I eat in my day to day. Because I know what being on vacation is like. It's like I'm not going to be rushing home to make myself my afternoon smoothie that I normally make at home. You know, it's like it's vacation. You're going to you're going to live differently. So I only brought sort of the things that I know I can't live without. And I just felt so good coming back home to my herbal cabinet, to my little apothecary where I have all of my medicinal herbs and all of my plants. I feel really good coming back to just the routine of having everything I need and, you know, being able to cold plunge again, having the lake here, my sauna, obviously didn't bring my sauna on that vacation. And it also feels so good to have, you know, returned from a two week vacation, not feeling a single shred of worry or judgment or about anything of the things that I indulged in or ate. And let me tell you, we did breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, dessert in the most over the top, like absolutely incredibly amazing way every single day. You know, I went to Spain with my best friend. I've already mentioned both her and I were huge foodies. Dennis and I are massive foodies. Food is such a central point in our lives. 
And when I look back at all those years spent being vegan, it just, it feels so out of alignment for who we really are. So many people wrote me online saying, I'm so excited you get to experience Spain and now you're able to eat everything. And almost like for the first few days that we were in Spain, I was just really remembering like what it was like to be here or to be there as a vegan person. And as a vegan person, you know, 10 years ago, which is kind of different and more challenging than being vegan now that vegan is so trendy and everywhere of just, you know, I like, what did I eat? Every meal was a struggle. Every meal came with a little bit of anxiety. Every meal came with, okay, I have to research and look at the menus online or call them and ask and what do they have? And okay, well, they have pasta with tomato sauce. Like you can get that everywhere. That's fun, you know? Or, you know, there's a pizza place. Can I have that with no cheese and just vegetables on top, please? That's fine. I mean, I love that. Like, no, no, <laughs> no, that, that was not fine. But I was so deep in that mindset of this is the only option and this is what I must do every day. And now being there and just eating all the amazing cheese. Oh my God. Eating gambas pil pil every day, which is something I used to adore when I was a teenager. We used to go to Spain all the time. My dad lived there when I was growing up. It's how I learned Spanish in the first place was in Spain. I had this, yeah, I learned Spanish in Spain and then I studied Spanish in school. So I spoke this very Spanish Spanish, you know, Spanish from Spain, it's different than Spanish in South America. And then I moved to Costa Rica, everybody made fun of me because of my very Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> and then my Spanish changed and became very, oh, it became like Costa Rican beach Spanish, which is a whole other kind of Spanish, like it's like a different language almost. And then I would visit Spain and they would make fun of me for my accent, you know, and now I don't even know what my Spanish accent is. It's something it's something weird. But um, just eating everything. Like gambas pilpil, it's like this. It's shrimp in a clay pot that they cook in the oven with so much garlic and these little pilpil like um, chilies that are so unbelievably spicy. If you accidentally eat one, your whole face is going to be on fire. And it comes out just sizzling in this like, it's just, it's the most, and then you dip freshly baked bread in the remains and it's just like garlic and incredible olive oil and like this mushy chili paste at the bottom and it's just oh, it's just dripping all the way down your like throat as you eat it. it's like it's crazy it's so good we've had so much just delicious just delicious food oh my god and great fish just going to the little beach like little chiringuitos there and eating the fresh catch of the day oh so amazing and I have just had this trip of just oh, like I, every meal has been a joy. It's just been so much, so much joy. And now I'm back home and we're kind of back in reality. I'm back, you know, having all of my tools for my, you know, well-being present again. We're also dealing with or the kids are dealing with a cold. I don't know if it's from the flight or Leia had a lot of playdates, played with a lot of kids in Spain. Um, so she has a cough and Finn has its, has his very first ever cold. He's never had a cold before. So yeah, he's just stuffy and snotty. So I'm just kind of focused on like, okay, you know, how can I really support the family with all the herbal medicine that I have and all the amazing tools at my disposal here at home? And that has inspired this podcast episode. I get questions about many different things every time I share something on Instagram, like, why do you do this? Or how does that work? And how long have you been doing that? 
And then I just sat down this morning and I started thinking about the things that are non-negotiables for me, the things that I have really anchored into to improve my health, my general well-being, to really not just not be sick, but to thrive and to feel good. And it's not just like, here's what I eat, although that's a part of it. For me, so much of this is mindset. So much of this is how I approach health now where I've spent so many years approaching health from this very restrictive place of to be healthy, here are all the things you must avoid. And now I'm more in the place of, okay, well, to be healthy, here are all the things that I need to connect with in my day. Here are the things I want to add. Here is how I stay really nourished versus here is everything that I can't touch, you know? It's a very, very different mindset to approach health from. And one that is so much fun, so much more fun than the restrictive mindset. Because I really think well-being and health, it is not just about what's on your plate. It is so much more than how much water you drink. Health comes from the inside. Really, it's our approach to life. Are we happy? Are we having fun? Are we kind to ourselves? Are we looking at ourselves from a place of love and playfulness and joy? Are we, you know, really rigid about everything that we're not allowed to do? Are we looking at the idea of well-being and wellness from this very, very restrictive place? Are we connecting to that place from a place of fear, perhaps? Fear of getting sick, fear of not being a good person, fear of not looking a certain way. I think there's people out there who kind of they, they cross all the, they do all the things right, quote unquote, right? They eat the thing, they drink that way, they move their bodies this way, but they're still not healthy because they're not enjoying what they're doing in their day to day, or they're still not healthy because all of those things that they do comes from a really difficult place, a place of fear or a place of not being loved or, you know, health really needs to connect with our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our souls and our bodies. It's all of that connected. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. 
So I have a little list here of the things I wrote down, just what I do in my day to day. And these are things I just do without effort. They're things that just happen. Um, it's natural for me to connect with these things. I don't do every single thing every single day, but these are my go-tos that I return to all the time. Some of them every day, some of them many times a day, some of them a couple times a week, but they're really things that I feel so good having incorporated into my life now. So the first one I want to share, which I know you guys know, is I have just dove in, dove in, that's a word, right? I dived. I have dove in. <laughs> headfirst into the absolutely life-changing healing world of plant medicine. I have a massive apothecary, this huge cabinet. It's not even a cabinet. It's like a whole furniture, floor to ceiling downstairs in the dining room where I have alphabetized and organized my herbs in all sorts of different forms that I work with in different ways every day. And for me, learning about herbalism, not just, you know, Googling something or asking someone, what should I take for this, but actually learning about the world of plants, which means working with one plant at a time and then getting really curious and really investigating how I feel when I interact with that plant in different ways. And finding out what actually works and how the plant world is so magically there and ready for us and available for us at any time of day, truly, um, to help support our health and our well-being. And I, I honestly think that this is one of the most life-changing things because it also connects me to nature. And that is the second thing I wrote down on this list. The thing I do for well-being every day is I spend so much more time outside than I did before. Before before this journey, I yeah, I would rather do my yoga practice inside um, for a lot of reasons. It was too hot in Aruba. I felt uncomfortable being outside and you know crazy like ninety five degree heat every day. Uh, it was really windy. I just kind of liked it like organized. I would stay inside. I had my little room where I had all my things, and it was easy to keep my mat rolled out at all times. Whereas now, even though the weather is so much worse. I say that with little air quotes because I don't think there's such a thing as bad weather or worse weather. But yeah, Sweden is not Aruba. It's not the Caribbean. It's not sunny every day. It rains and it snows. And right now it's muggy and kind of like really overcast, almost a little bit of fog we have like down by the lake now. I still spend way more time outside, even though it's cold and even though it's cold for so much of the year. And I so love having made that connection. And I think the connection, the connection with nature is one of those things that can completely change our lives and completely overhaul our health. And getting into herbalism is one of the ways in which I arrived there. And that, of course, connects with gardening too, you know, growing your own herbs and all of that. I just so recommend getting curious about the healing world of plants. So those two things are really important. You might not think of them as like something to do every day for your health, but seriously connecting with nature, taking your self-care practices outside, going for a walk every day. This is my number three, or actually it's on the a little bit lower down the list, but it connects here. I try to walk as much as I can. And I really think that that gentle way of moving our bodies of course, you're breathing fresh air when you're outside. You're also getting daylight 
through your eyes and on your skin and on your face, even if it's overcast, even if it's raining or snowing, even if it's cold, you're outside and you're telling your body, hey, it's daytime right now. Hey, this is the time of day that we actually are in. Versus being inside all day, having that UV light filtered through windows, maybe you're sitting under fluorescent lighting at your office desk all day, you kind of have artificial light all around you all day. It's going to be really hard for the body to actually regulate hormonally. It's going to be hard for us to regulate our circadian rhythm, which is a really important thing for our health and well-being. So walking is great for your health. Tons of studies now out on just how walking is basically the best thing ever. Getting a long walk in every day, I just think is is magical. And it's so great because if you have a baby or, you know, you're in that season that I'm in now, it is a really fun way to connect together. It's also a great way to put your baby to sleep. All good things walking outside, just dressing for the weather. And connecting with that, just being outside, and I've shared this a bit on my on my Instagram stories, is that every day when I wake up, the first thing I do when I'm home is I walk to my closet because it's where I get changed anyway, and I open the closet window and I get that daylight on my skin. I try to get the sunrise light into my eyes, which is one of the most helpful things you can do to actually regulate your circadian rhythm is to be outside during sunrise and during sunset. And sunrise and sunset in Sweden right now is really easy to catch <laughs> because it's basically 9 a.m. and sunset is like at 4.30 or 5. Um, other times of the year, yeah, it's more challenging. When the sun rises really, really, really early, that's going to be hard for me to do when I'm in bed with a baby. But just having it kind of be a part of your rhythm and routine to just get outside first thing in the morning. If it's like going for a little walk with your dog, don't wait until after breakfast. Do that right away. Um, if you have the ability to just to sit by an open window, do that right away. Five, 10 minutes, just get that sunlight on your face. Daylight, I mean, doesn't have to be sunny. It's going to make just a world of difference. And what I do to keep that throughout the day is after the sun has set or whenever I'm indoors and it's getting dark and I'm on a screen, which all of us are. I mean, we, yeah, let's not kid around. We're all on our screens, most of us all the way until we go to bed, is I either use a red light filter on my phone. It's really easy to implement. You can just Google add red light filter to iPhone. I don't know how to do it on an Android, but that's how you do it on an iPhone. And I can do it right now. You can listen. I just click my side button three times and my whole screen turns red. So I just lose all of that blue light, which signals to our brain that it's daytime. And instead now I have this very low red light, which yes, means like if you're, you know, watching a movie on your phone or something like that, colors are going to be all weird. But if you're just reading emails or texting a friend or even scrolling on Instagram or whatever, having that red light is not going to bother your brain as much as the blue light will. And if you don't want to do that, you can easily buy those little red light glasses. I have those as well. And if we're watching a movie or something late, I'll use those. So these things are all, aside from buying red light glasses, these things that I have shared are all free. I just want to make a note of that. I'm not telling you to go buy a million different things. Getting into the world of plants and herbalism is absolutely free. You can research and find all of that, so much of that online and in books that are really easily accessible. 
Go to the library and just intuitively pick some books on herbalism that relate to your local area. That's so easy to do. You can listen to podcasts for free about herbalism to learn about that. Walking obviously is free. Spending time outside is free. Getting daylight first thing. Putting that red light filter on your phone or not being on a screen after sunset. None of this costs anything. And I think ways that we try to make those shifts and tweaks in our health should be easily accessible. And anyone that tells you you need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to take care of your health, they're just obviously trying to sell you stuff. And yes, there are things that I buy and spend money on, of course, for my health and well-being. But there are also ways to go about most of the things that I'm sharing here that is not going to cost you anything extra. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. And then the next thing I have on my list here is I think maybe the most important one, at least for me. It might not be for you, but for me, this is a really important one. Something I do for my well-being in my day-to-day is I don't restrict myself anymore. And I mentioned this a little bit in the beginning of how life-changing it can be to look at life from a place of abundance versus looking at life from that place of limitation and restriction. I no longer look at the world in those buckets of here is what's not for me. Here is what I'm not allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to eat, what I'm not allowed to drink. Instead, I look at food and I look at the world from a place of everything is for me if it makes me feel good. Everything is for me if I want it. And that goes for everything. All And I'm not just talking veganism, but before I used to have this very strong idea of, okay, well, gluten is bad. Dairy is bad. Eggs are bad. Sugar is bad. You know, everything is bad. So many things are just bad, bad, bad. So it's just very hard to eat if you want to stay in that tiny little window of this is what's good for you. Um, And that window just gets smaller and smaller and smaller, especially if you listen to what the world is telling you. Uh, You can find something negative about every single thing on your plate. Absolutely. There is oxalates in kale and in kiwi. You shouldn't be eating that. You know, there's heavy metals in fish. You shouldn't be eating that. Farmed fish is terrible for you. Million things. Some people will tell you eggs are not good and this is not good. And even the things that are kind of universally accepted as like this food is good for you. There's going to be something bad that you can find about that. There's pesticides on everything. Like everything is just a challenge, right? So when you look at the world from that lens of bad, it gets really tense to try to live a life that feels overall good. And what I did is I just, the moment I dropped that vegan label, I dropped that restriction And I started just softening and allowing myself to eat everything as long as it feels good. And feeling good includes dessert, includes a glass of wine with my husband at the end of the day when I want to do that. It includes like sharing 
two desserts with my friend when we're out in we're at dinner for or even at lunch or like having that ice cream as we're walking down the harbor. And then, of course, days when I don't do that, days when that does not feel good, days where I just don't feel like it or days when my body isn't really asking that of me. So just getting more intuitive about what I eat and when I eat it, not from a place of here's what's good and bad, but from a place of how am I feeling right now? Am I feeling really sluggish and really tired and maybe just like heavy in my body? Am I feeling low and tired? Yeah, maybe, you know, that ice cream is not the thing that's going to make me feel better right now. Or am I feeling like tired and a little low and like I really want some ice cream to pick myself up a little bit or to give myself a treat or just to have something that I enjoy? Then I do that. It's not going to be the same answer every day, but just shifting that lens from listening to what the world is telling me to listening to what I am telling me and to what my body is telling me has made a world of difference. And honestly, it's made life so much more enjoyable. I have so much fun. (laughs) I have so much fun eating food. (laughs) Who knew? And I have so much fun cooking food from this place as well. It's, It's really so, so amazing. And then let's talk about food a little bit. Here are the points that I want to share with you. When I eat, I don't have a label on my diet anymore. I don't have a label on the food that I eat as bad or good anymore, or this is okay and this is not okay, or this is who I am. Never again. What I do is all of my meals are protein forward. And this is a really big shift from how I used to eat before. Um, So regardless of what I am eating, you know, whatever's on my plate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I make sure that I'm leading that plate with protein. Where before, I I would kind of do it the opposite way. Now what I look at really as the sides to my meal used to be the center of my meal. And then I would have some kind of plant protein kind of on the side because it's really hard to eat enough plant protein and still have it be really tasty and so that you don't have to eat so much of it, you know, if that makes sense. So I might make like a, you know, a meal we ate all the time at home is I would make a vegan lasagna and I would make a lasagna, like really delicious. I would still make it today the same, except I would add a shit ton of ground beef (laughs) to it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just like layering those pasta noodles with tomato sauce. And then I would make this kind of like ricotta with some tofu And then I would put vegetables layered in between and, you know, kind of like that ricotta was made with tofu. So that's how I was like, okay, well, that's our protein in this meal. But the ricotta compared to how much of everything else was in the lasagna was really small. Like it was a really kind of small part of the entire meal. Now, if I ate that meal, I would make sure that that lasagna is leading with the ground beef because that's the kind of protein that I would eat now today. I wouldn't eat the tofu. I would use real ricotta um, instead of tofu. But I would use probably more of the ground beef than the recipe even says, because that's what I want the meal to be centered around, if that makes sense. Before I, we might have like a, you know, we would eat a stew of some kind. I would add like a can of chickpeas in there and go like, hey, well, I have chickpeas in here. Like that's protein. That's plant-based protein. It's great protein for you. But the amount of chickpeas that we would eat would not make the meal protein forward. It was always a carb-centered meal with a bit of plant protein kind of attached to it. And now I just look at what's on my plate very, very, very differently. So if we're eating 
um, chicken. We make oven baked chicken now at least once a week. Then the chicken really is the center of the meal. And we'll always have maybe a salad and some vegetables, maybe some potato or all of those things and like a tzatziki or a nice homemade sauce or something. But what's on the plate when I serve us food, it's like half that plate is going to be filled with chicken. And then those are the things that are going to be the sides to accompany that. For breakfast as well, my breakfasts are very egg forward. I try to eat at least three to four eggs for breakfast in the morning, either scrambled or in pancakes if I'm using that. Before when we made pancakes, they would be kind of centered around oats or flour of some kind. And then when I stopped being vegan, I would like add one egg and feel really sneaky. (laughs) Now I will put six eggs in the blender and I will add like a tiny bit of sprouted oats, maybe like half a cup or a third of a cup or something. Um, So it's mainly eggs like that's the and you know, and a banana or something in there too. But it's mainly eggs like that's the center of the pancakes if I'm making pancakes. So just looking at food from that place, how can I make protein and mainly animal based protein, the center of the meal has just completely shifted how I feel after I eat. I used to have a sweet craving after every meal, I would eat breakfast and then feel like I needed something sweet, eat lunch and I need something sweet, eat dinner, I need dessert always, always, always had a sweet craving after I ate. And it absolutely was because my meals were so carb forward. And my blood sugar would spike like crazy immediately afterwards. And I noticed the more protein forward my meals are, the more satisfied I feel. I don't need to eat copious amounts. Like I don't have to have a second whole big plate of that food to feel nourished and full. Um, but just smaller quantities of food will satisfy me because I'm getting that really nutrient-dense food in first. So yeah, it's just been something that's really different in terms of how I eat that's really changed um, changed how I feel completely. Um, and also, you know, I try to always make sure that when I am eating carbs, I don't eat them alone. And this is something that I've learned from the pro-metabolic community. The pro-metabolic way of eating is some, a way of eating that inspires me a lot. It's not purely how we eat at home, but I feel really inspired by that way of eating if you want to do some research into that yourself. But the idea there is to whenever you are eating something carb forward is you pair it with a fat and a protein. So before, like a great example, if I'm feeling like a little bit hungry between meals or whatever, I'm like, I, I'll take an apple, just grab an apple from the fridge. Love, love an apple, still love apples. Uh, now I wouldn't just eat an apple and I wouldn't give Leia just an apple either. I would pair that apple with a protein and a fat. So as an example, I would take some raw like Parmesan or some cheese and cut that apple up in little slices and I would eat the apple together with the cheese. Leia yesterday wanted a snack. She had an apple. It was the last apple we had. I have to buy apples. And I gave it to her with some slices of salami that she really likes, this like garlic salami that we buy that she really enjoys. I might pair that apple with a cup of bone broth or like I will add something to that and not just eat the carb on its own, if that makes sense. And that, again, changes how I feel, particularly with that blood sugar spikes that comes after eating just the carb and nothing else. I ground all of my snacks (laughs) with a fat and a protein. So that's kind of food. When it comes to food, I just focus on it being home cooked and whole foods based, meaning that we try to minimize in every way possible anything that comes pre-packaged or 
um, that comes from a box or from a can, anything that is really, you know, hyper-processed, uh, we stay away from. And then when we go out to eat, I don't panic about that. Um, when Leia goes to a birthday party, I, I'm not going to tell her you can't have cake, which is something that I used to do all the time as a vegan kid. She could never have cake. She went to birthday parties and could not have cake or the candies or the things and the treats that they were eating. She was always the odd one there having to eat something different. And I had to bring, you know, her own slice of cake or a cupcake just for her. Like now it feels so good that she can just be a kid and she doesn't have to be the odd one or the weird one there. And even knowing that that cake could be store-bought, could be filled with food dyes and weird stuff. And, you know, she's going to eat a whole bag of candy. Like, that's okay, because we don't live that lifestyle every day. We don't live like that at home. And at home is where she eats the majority of her meals. So I feel really calm about that now. It's kind of funny how I <laughs> relaxed in that way. And I thought as a vegan, I was really doing the best thing. And now my mindset has just completely shifted. In addition to this, I really focus on hydration. And this is something that I could for sure have a whole podcast just talking about. I used to think that just as long as I was drinking regular water and I did that all day, I was, you know, hydrated enough. Where now I take my electrolytes every day. I'll put a little bit of gray Celtic sea salt or a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt in my water, or I buy electrolytes from just trusted companies that I really, really uh, trust. Uh, wouldn't buy any, you know, I wouldn't buy Gatorade, for example, just like anything like that. Um, but a good source, well-sourced electrolyte I'll put in my water as I, as I sip my water throughout the day. I also invested in a great water purifying system for the house, which feels so good. And it not only removes the bad things from the water, if you have that present in your water system, it also restructures the water and remineralizes the water. So it's just, we're not drinking dead, lifeless water, but water that actually hydrates and that actually nourishes us. And I think about water a lot. I really, really do. Also hydrating through herbal teas and things all throughout the day. That's just something that comes really natural to us with all of our herbs present everywhere. But yeah, focus on hydration is really important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The things that I have shared so far, I don't know if this sounds like a lot. This for me is like, I don't give it a thought in the day. Every single thing that I've shared so far just happens. It's it's part of our day-to-day -day routine, just like we brush our teeth morning and evening. Like all of these things, they just happen that way. I don't have to go, oh no, I didn't put any electrolytes in my water today. I have to do that tomorrow. It's like I can feel in my body when I need that, when I feel thirsty for that. And it just naturally happens. None of this feels like a burden or a chore. It's just become, yeah, part of our, of my lifestyle, I guess. And then the final things I want to share. Okay, so you've seen this. I share it. <laughs> I share it on social media. But I cold plunge and I sauna as much as I can. 
And these are those things where like, I'm a little hesitant to share because it's so trendy now. I mean, you see every like biohacking health nut out there doing that all the time. In Sweden, we have a culture of doing this. It's We've been doing this for, I don't know, thousands of years. I imagine hundreds of years, at least the sauna as a practice, as a cultural practice. Since I was little, we I mean, I grew up doing this. It's just, it's, it's what we do to feel good. It's what we do to relax. It's what we do to socialize. Is you get in the sauna together. You get really, really, really hot. You stay as long as you can. And then you go dip in the cold lake or you go roll in the snow or you know, and that was just, it's just how I grew up and reconnecting to those practices, knowing now the many health benefits that come with hot and cold therapy. It's something that I integrate in my day to day. Now I don't cold plunge every day. I go through kind of cycles of it where I feel like every day I wake up and I like, I need to get to the lake. I just have that "Mm, need, need to dip right now. Um, and then I kind of fall out of that and I just dip once a week or something like that. But on a weekly basis, I'm plunging. You will watch me get sad when the when summer comes <laughs> and the lake gets warm and you no longer get that refreshing, incredible feeling coursing through your body from, from having had the cold plunge. And then the sauna, we just moved the sauna into the house. So now I'm I'm in the sauna pretty much every day. We have an infrared sauna. There's also sauna blankets um, that you can buy. I have, for all the things that I have mentioned, I have these companies that I am an affiliate for, just for a few of them. Maybe I'll, I'll share some of those links in the show notes if you are interested. Um, but this podcast episode is not to sell you a bunch of stuff. As I said, most of this is free. Cold plunging is free. If you don't have a lake or snow nearby, just go in the cold shower and have your regular shower, do that, and then turn your face and your chest toward the stream of water and turn your water to the coldest temperature setting possible. Breathe really deeply, drop your shoulders. The more you tense your body up, the harder it is to stay. So just really relax, make that effort to just let go and stay for as long as you can. Um, a good like three, four minutes would be would be great if you can. But you can start with like 20, 30 seconds and then work your way up because it definitely is a practice. But there's nothing that beats if you have a lake or a body of water that's cold nearby because then you're obviously connecting with nature and you're grounding your body all at the same time. And then the last two things that I have here on my little list of things that I do for my well-being in my day-to-day is I prioritize quality time with a family much more than I used to before. We spend all day together. We spend so much time together. We always have. Where before I used to feel like, well, we're together all the time. Like all of that time is quality time. And now I've realized that's actually not true. So much of the time we spend together is logistics and we're figuring things out and we're cooking meals and we're eating and we're in the bath and we're going places and trying to work in between all of that. Quality time means really doing something that the family enjoys together without distraction. So when we put our phones away and we play a board game or when we go outside and we play out in nature together or when we're making an effort and we do a little outing and we go a place we've always wanted to go or we see something and explore something or, you know, we just like hang out in Leia's room and have a dance party. She requests that like at least twice a week and we do that at least twice a week quality time, real quality time. And quality time doesn't include a screen of any sort. doesn't include, oh wait, I got to take this call. 
Like quality time means really prioritizing each other and really staying present together. It makes a huge difference in, you know, how each of us feels in our own bodies and how we feel together as a unit, having those pockets of time in our day where we really, really connect. And the final thing I want to share, this one is so important because I've talked so much today about all the things that we ingest, like food and how we hydrate and the supplements to take and herbs and all these things. And something that is easy to forget that we actually do ingest in our day-to-day is the content that we absorb from the rest of the world. And something that I have done is I've just set much stronger boundaries for what I allow into my space. And also, I make a big effort to actually listen to how I feel when I absorb content from other people. And that means the time I spend in a day scrolling on social media, how much time am I doing that for? And when I do, what is the content that I'm actually ingesting? Because that content, that energy becomes a part of me. The people I talk to, the people I keep present in my life, the people I listen to, people whose advice I take, people who you know are in my energetic field are going to become a part of me the same way as the food that I eat and the water that I drink and the supplements that I take. And if I'm surrounded by people who are really fearful and they talk all day about all their fears and how the world is terrible and bad and how these people are not okay and that doesn't work and that's for me really, really, really challenging to live with. And I've had to set some pretty strong boundaries around the conversation that I allow myself and my kids to be around and boundaries around the things that we're watching on TV, if we're watching TV, um, the content mainly that I absorb through social media and when and when not, I stay really anchored in watching the news of the world. For me, it just doesn't work to be bombarded with all of that information all day long, at least if I want to keep my feet on the ground. I need to be really mindful about what I allow in the space and what I don't. And I take that as seriously as the foods that I eat and the supplements that I take, because as I said in the very beginning of this podcast, being healthy, feeling well is so much more than just the body. And we are a whole being, you know, our minds and our brains and our souls and our spirits and our hearts and our bodies are all connected. We are one thing. It is not separate. Our mental health is not separate from our physical health. Our emotional health is not separate from our mental health. All of this connects and integrates. And finding that balance where we take care of every part of ourselves is where we're going to arrive at that place of actually, maybe for the first time in our lives, feeling truly healthy. Um, We can't have a healthy body with an unhealthy mind. So sometimes the work that we need to do in this area to arrive at a place of well-being is focused and centered around our mental health. And I think it's so important that we allow ourselves the space to really get curious about that. Like what makes me feel really good? In which areas of my life am I inviting things that aren't in alignment with what I want? Is there something toxic unfolding and happening in my life when it comes to my relationships or the food that I eat or the news that I listen to every day or the people that I talk to or the water that I drink or just how my mind operates? There are certain things in our lives that are so worthy of purging or at least setting really strong boundaries around And we can do that without having to adopt that restrictive mindset where we look at the whole world as bad or all foods as bad. 
where we allow ourselves to indulge and enjoy. Because I really think when we feel well, we are going to have fun. It's not going to be, you know, feeling our best. And then that means we can't do any of these things. Or we have to be really vigilant about how we live life. I think feeling well immediately invites a sense of relaxation, a sense of enjoyment, of play, of feeling good and just being really happy to be here. So I hope this view of looking at health resonates with you. For me, it definitely has included letting my hair down and relaxing. And somehow, you know, I kind of thought I had to stay vigilant and controlling about everything around health, but actually relaxing is what has brought me to that place of feeling really well. I don't have to control everything. And doing these things in my day-to-day just feels really effortless now. And that means that, yeah, we can go out and eat foods cooked in whatever oil and, you know, indulge in whatever dessert and go to that birthday party and not worry about what's going to be in that cake and just soften a little bit because I know that when it comes to our home base, like we are really good and we're having fun and we're enjoying the food that we eat. And that is just such an important part of feeling good too. I uh, had so much fun sharing this episode with you. I had a lot of fun talking about this. A couple of the things that I've shared today, I do work as an affiliate for a couple of these brands. And when I'm an affiliate for something that is never going to be a random brand approaching me asking, hey, do you want to market this thing? And me not knowing what that is or not having tried it going, sure, just pay me. (laughs) I've never, ever done that. We'll never, ever do that. But I am an affiliate for a couple of brands where I have used something for years and years and really noticed a difference in my body or tried a few different versions of something and then found the absolute best one where I reach out to a company and I go, hey, can I get a discount code to share with my community, which gives me a kickback so that this becomes part of how I get to nourish my family every day. And a few of those things include like, uh, there's a company I work with that makes this really incredible sauna blanket that I use all the time. They also make the sauna that I use. There's a brand that makes these amazing electrolytes that I take every day and the collagen that I take every day things like that. So I'll share just a couple of little links here in the show notes in case you're interested in one of these things. But remember that pretty much everything I shared here or most of the things that I shared here are available absolutely free. And those really are the most important ones. So thank you so much for listening. I so hope you feel good. And if you don't feel good, I really hope this becomes an inspiration for you to change or invite a few new things in your life to bring you closer to that place of feeling good because you so deserve it. This is the year. It truly is the year to feel good in our bodies and good in our hearts. Thank you, my loves. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.